Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jumping off a roof, 
and then going to the 19 Georgia game the next next day. And when you played it back on the show, I realized I never got to the point of that. And I kind of just sounded like a bladder idiot. So I wanted to finish on that and then ask you a question. So, uh, yeah, I got back from that Georgia game, went to the ER, found out I totally shredded my ankle. So I was stuck in a boot for about a month and a half. And for the first few weeks, I had nothing to do but lay around all day on the couch. So I started exploring the Gamecock subreddit. And that's actually how I found you. It was around that time that uh, everybody was kind of blasting you. I think they actually kicked you off the thread for uh, promoting your show on there. But that's, uh, you know, I had to look you up because everybody was blasting you. And I was like, man, why are they all hate on this guy? And I quickly found out that, well, you know, there were some other shows out there at the time. You were doing some of the more in-depth coverage, you know, doing stuff every single day, posting those podcasts. And so that's how I kind of fell into it. So it wasn't just a story about me jumping off a roof being an idiot. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I wanted to ask you, so, you know, you mentioned how you always call the Georgia game to be a bit closer than what it actually ends up being. And so until they prove it, you're not going to, you're going to call nothing less than a blowout. But see, you go based off facts. And a lot of us like to go based on feelings. And for some reason this year kind of feels like one of those years that they might just do it again. And so my reasons why are one, you know, we got to see Beck. We're going to be his first true test. And I think the defense will take a pretty good step up and maybe they'll be able to stop the run a little bit better. And I think they'll give him some headaches. And then also I feel like there's another factor in there that could be very interesting. And Connor mentioned it earlier, but not, you know, in relation to our game, the Mike Bobo factor. So we all know what happened when, uh, when Bobo kind of left Shane out high and dry. And then what happened? We went into Auburn, won that game. And like three weeks later, he was fired. And now he's on the staff at Georgia. So, I don't know. I just feel something special cooking there. And maybe that Mike Bobo factor is enough to get those boys fired up. Maybe not the boys, but at least Shane. But I don't know. I just wanted to see what you thought about that and what you think about Carson Beck and how you think that's going to factor into that game as we will be their first true test. And we do have a pretty good lockdown secondary. So, uh, keep doing what you're doing, man, and go cock. Thank you to Sean for the voicemail. First thing I'll say is this. Yeah, there is, uh, for whatever reason, the Gamecock subreddit hates my guts. It is almost like if you took the that portion of Twitter that despises TSUS, just took them out and put them in one place, that is the Gamecock subreddit. So I got off of Reddit very, very quickly. I don't think I've posted since like 2020. So when you saw me, that was 2019, I'd called Fire Muschamp, whatever, and uh, they were very mixed reviews of TSUS at that time for sure. But uh, anyway, Sean, appreciate you and, and glad you are able to find the show. And you mentioned the Georgia game. So let, let's play this game. What would have to happen for South Carolina to, let's just say, make it a fourth quarter game? I'm not even going to say upset Georgia. Make it a game in which it's a one-score game and the Gamecocks can realistically pull off the upset. Number one, similar to what happened in that game in 2019, you're going to need to force a couple of turnovers and win the turnover battle probably 3-1, to 3-0, 4-0, something of that nature. You need a defensive and or special teams touchdown. And Spencer Rattler needs to be special. Those three things, in my opinion, have to happen. Now, with Georgia, hey, there's a question around Carson Beck. We're just giving the benefit of the doubt because, hey, it's Georgia and they're just going to keep on keeping on and pick up right where they left off. Carson Beck could not be it. He's a very talented player, but he could not be it. 
and stopping the run. I mean, I, I think South Carolina, I've talked about, we'll talk more next week. We get into the linebacker position. I think there's reasons to believe that, you know, this group could take a step forward and and be, you know, much better than they have been. You know, be much better than they have been. And, and, and the run defense could improve. Much easier said than done, though. All the things that I just mentioned. Because basically, Sean, what you're banking on, Georgia's got to play their D, their D game, their D-minus game, and South Carolina has to play their A game. Now, is it possible? Sure. It's college football. Anything can happen. Is it likely? No. It's not. And when I look at South Carolina right now, would I love for it to be one of those magical afternoons in Athens, Georgia? Absolutely, I would. But realistically, South Carolina is at a severe disadvantage in the trenches, which is going to put even more pressure on Spencer Rattler. And if he's trying to play hero ball and force the ball into coverage, that doesn't bode well against one of the best defenses in college football. And even if Carson Beck is suspect, guys, how much is he going to have to do? I mean, Georgia's got one of the best receiver rooms in college football. Do they have a proven RB1? Maybe not, but they got plenty of talent back there, and their offensive line is the best in the SEC. So it's a it'll take a Herculean effort. I'm not going to tell you it's impossible. I don't see it happening. And you mentioned the Mike Bobo effect. Let me just say this about Mike Bobo, because I know it's really easy to poke and prod at Bobo, and you know he was at South Carolina and whatever. Georgia last year, I believe they averaged. 41.6 points per game, something like that. Had a historic offense last year. The last time Georgia averaged more points per game in a season than last year, guys, it was 2014. Mike Bobo was the OC. So I think with the right Jimmys and Joes, Mike Bobo's a pretty damn good offensive coordinator. And I, I mean, I hope he turns into the Mike Bobo that we think he is, but. I don't even think he can screw the pooch, no pun intended, on winning that football game. We'll see. I could be wrong. We'll see. But uh would take a lot of crazy things happening for South Carolina to, I think, even be in a position to win that game in the fourth quarter. Guys, let's get in the YouTube chat. We'll get into your questions here. Austin Gregory says, four-hour show today due to two-hour show yesterday. Looking forward to it. Eh, wrong. Sorry about it. Uh, Rowdy Rooster, UNC fans going crazy about the Tez Walker news. Let the kid play, just not on game one. I mean, I, I get it. We'd be going crazy also. I, I we, We'd be going crazy also. So, um, let's see. Jeff Gulledge, two-pick rat. He did, did that again last night in the sim. I hope that doesn't happen in real life. I hope not either, Jeff. Yeah, Rattler's thrown like literally like 25 picks in the simulation. But in case you missed it, this it, it's – it's so funny how the simulation works out because the scores don't really matter to me, guys. It's all about, you know, how does, how, what's the record? And sure enough, we've got three regular season games left. We're five and four, three and three in SEC play, which is exactly for the most part. I've got Carolina two and four at this point in SEC play, not three and three. But five and four, the exact same record. I got Carolina at the exact same record. It's wild how the simulation, as dumb as it is, spits out those results. 
The Gamecock 22 says if we go 7-5, and five, beat Clemson, show more consistency, and beat UNC, I'm fine. 7-5 and five with a win over Clemson, there's not a Gamecock fan who wouldn't take that season. Let's get into the Big Cock Club Discord. We have some questions in here as well. Guys, by the way, no Mark Ryan next Thursday. Not tomorrow, but next Thursday. Uh, let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Rowdy Rooster 75 said, O-line has the potential to be better due to a few factors for me. Number one, line that was abysmal last year is gone. Number two, solid pickups in the transfer portal. Number three, a better scheme offensively. And number four, a better O-line coach. Hey, listen, that very well could lead to improved results. I mean, that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're hoping for. The only thing I'll say is this. I'm glad Lonnie Teasley is leading the way. He was on the staff last year, though. But still, now he's the lead guy. So there should be an impact felt there. Tyler Knoll, 8-4 and four realistic. Ceiling, 10-2. and two. Could just as easily go 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five if the running game's non-existent and the run defense doesn't improve. Tyler, in my opinion, if the running game's non-existent, and the run defense does not improve. I, I'll, I'll go as far as to say this. If South Carolina finishes outside of the top 100 and rush offense and rush defense again, this team's going 6-6. Six and six. I, I, I Because you know what? You've cheated death the first two years. You've cheated death by, you know, finishing outside of the top 100 and rushing, offense and defense. You've led the SEC in turnovers, and you've relied on special teams to win games. You've played with fire for two years and gotten away with it. I don't think you'll do that a third straight year. Because I think every single coach that faces South Carolina is going to say, okay, we're not letting them beat us because of special teams. We're going to neutralize special teams. If South Carolina is going to beat us, it has to be through conventional ways. And so I just don't think South Carolina can finish outside of the top 100 in rushing offense and defense and lead the SEC in turnovers again and and win eight games. I I don't see it. I I just don't see it. Could I be wrong? Sure, but it's just got to improve on both sides. It has to. It absolutely has to. Curtis Scholl says, as painful as it is to say this, I think Clemson will make the playoff. What do you all think? Do you think Clemson makes the playoff? I mean, their most losable games are what? Florida State, Notre Dame, and South Carolina. Of course, they play UNC. They play NC State. They play, I believe, Miami. That game against Duke week one, maybe. Coach Ford says, must be able to run the ball. Must be creative ways to spread the D to allow a running game. Indeed. Coach Ford continues, throwing the ball and scoring is great. But when you play teams with quarterbacks like May, Klubnik, et cetera, it is a must to run the ball and keep them on the bench. Curtis Scholl says, Beamer screwed up and didn't get a good running back in the portal. I hope I'm wrong. Mm, let's see. Sean. I think this is Sean who called in. I see Beck struggling gets a solid South kind of defense. Run defense improves enough to slow the bleed. Rattler drops 300 on a UGA. And the Gamecocks pull off the unthinkable in Athens once again. Sean, let me ask you this. Let's say that happens. If South Carolina is 3-0 and 
with a win over Georgia after three weeks, what are the new expectations on the season? Because I tell you this, in my opinion, if Carolina's good enough, if Carolina's good enough to go to Georgia and do exactly what you're describing, they're good enough to win the SEC East. I, I, I think so. Because in your scenario, it would not be a cheap W. It would be, it would be, we just straight up lined up and beat them. I mean, I think the expectation's got to be 10 wins. It's got to be 10 wins. Nathan says, just want to shout out Jalen Brooks. He's having a really good camp for the Dallas Cowboys. Appear to be pushing for some older receivers heading into their first preseason game this Saturday. Dallas also has Stephon Gilmore, Rico Dowd on Israel McQuamu. Yeah, Dallas, what a connect for the Gamecocks. And Jalen Brooks, shout out to him, man. Glad he's having a good camp. Austin, we aren't going to have any decent footage to work off of going to the Georgia game either. They play some rec league teams before us. They could run the same two plays the whole game and win by 50. Yeah, yeah, there's not going to be a lot on Carson Beck because they won't have to do a lot. Uh, Jeff Gullage, UGA's quarterback has to play poorly and Rattler plays like he did in the Tennessee game. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good recipe. That's a very good recipe. Spur Daddy. What do they expect from our fan base? Our mascot is a pissed-off fighting chicken with razor-sharp spurs. We don't have a choice but to be full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> Let's see. James Martin, Gamecock Twitter is toxic to you, Chris, and I don't get it. A lot of keyboard warriors out there. Ruination. He just don't know, C. Philly. Let him F around and find out. <laughs> yeah. I will say this, James Martin. At the risk of, I'm probably going to jinx it. So be it. I accept that. Twitter has been much, much more bearable of late. I know this weekend was crazy, was chaotic, but TSUS wasn't at the center of that. I, I, it's, Twitter has been much more tame, but I know that will be short-lived. As we get to game week, It'll pick back up. Emotions will start to run wild. People will start to go crazy. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see. Just sorting through your questions on YouTube. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Five hundred FYK says so pumped for the first game. Will be in attendance and as a Panthers fan, first time in Bank of America Stadium, college football. How about that, man? How about that? Yeah, John. Ever one more time? We'll start with defensive line tomorrow. We'll do that Thursday and Friday. Then next week we'll do linebackers Monday, Tuesday. We'll do secondary Wednesday, Thursday, and then kickers and punters on Friday. We'll close it out. And then, of course, guys, let me remind you that following week. So the week of week zero, there will be no TDC. There will be no TDC that week of week zero. So do not fret, though. The podcast will continue. We will have tons of interviews, conversations. We'll be dropping all week long and uh, graphics as well. We'll still be posting content. There just will not be a three-hour live show the week of week zero. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Brian Marquis. Brian, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. I appreciate you asking. What's going on? Um, hi. This is actually my first live show that I've, I'm usually working while you guys are on. Um, I have. I just had a question about the offense. Um, you probably covered it in an episode that I missed. But what are the thi- What are the things that you are most looking for out of this first year, Dallas? offense and the things that I feel like need to be like how, how, do, how do you put it? it need to be like okay we tried it maybe let's not do that again or things you're trying to see less of this year well when it comes to the offense and certainly the entire football team I think the, the first word that comes to mind is just consistency you know what I mean we, we saw flashes of it last year from South Carolina but it was just it was way too up and down. And so I think a simplified offense, a simplified attack, one in which Spencer Rattler can just play freely, be himself. You know, listen, he's going to make mistakes. He, he's not a mistake-free quarterback. That's not who he is. But you like to think you're going to get more good than you get bad from him. So letting him go out, play his game. And also I think the biggest thing with Dabble Loggins is this. When I think of what I want Dabble Loggins' offense to be, and obviously he knows more football. He He's crapped out more football than we'll ever know. But, like, what frustrated us last year? One of the top things I think about is there would be games, there were times where South Carolina was struggling offensively and they were not even targeting their top playmakers. The best players weren't touching the football. And so it's one thing if, listen, if we if Carolina takes on Georgia week three and you know, you're, you're trying to force the ball to juice wells or find creative ways, I should say, to get in the ball and you're making sure your best players touch the football, then you know what? And you lose, you know, I – I think Carolina fans can take just getting beat. Hey, tip your cap. They're a great team. We'll keep it moving. But last year, it just felt Mm -hmm. like there were games where you left a lot out there by not maximizing the talent that you do have. Now, when it comes to the offense, man, when I'm most looking, looking, or one of the things I'm most looking forward to, I am fascinated with the Cabrion Joyner's role this year because 
the past two, three, four years, whatever, fans have clamored for more and more and more and more of DeKebrion Joyner. He moves out to receiver. Why is he not touching the football? This is going to be the season. Get in the ball. Well, now DeKebrion Joyner, this is his time. He is RB1 going into the season. This is his opportunity to have that type of season that everybody's been looking forward to him having. What does his role look like? How is he able to embrace it? What's the running back room look like? Is South Carolina able to muster up some sort of a running game to support Spencer Rattley? And that's my greatest fear with the offense is that, you know, if you get one-dimensional, I don't care who you're playing, you let a, you let a defensive coordinator know you're one-dimensional, it's just going to be very tough for you to move the football. So, Bottom line is this, my man, I know, I know that was a long-winded answer, but, you know, when I look at Dabble's Loggins' offense, just something fun, exciting, simple, the players can go out and execute. It's not going to be perfect all the time. It's it's not going to be – there's going to be some struggles, I'm sure, because you do have real deficiencies in your Jimmys and Joes, which is what makes plays and wins games, but just less of the varying results and a little bit more consistency and making sure that your top players are touching the football on a week-in, week-out basis. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, the long answer was great. That's, that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, I asked that because um, I surprised my uh, – me and my brother surprised our dad with tickets and we're going up to Charlotte uh, game one. So um, Very nice. And, okay, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'll tell I'll you this, man. I'll tell you this just on a side note. I, I think that is a game where South Carolina will have success offensively. North Carolina was abysmal uh, a season ago defensively. We'll, we'll talk about this a lot more the week of the game and – you know, I'll lock in an updated prediction. Obviously, I've already gone on record 31 to 27, Carolina getting the win, South Carolina, of course. But, you know, I think that's a game in which I'm worried about Carolina on the line of scrimmage. I don't think UNC has the bodies to expose them. And because of that, I think Spencer Rattler has a field day. I think the running game probably looks a little better than it actually is because, again, I think the Gamecocks offensive line will be able to handle UNC. But um, it, it definitely should be offensive fireworks out of the gate, and it has to be because I think that will be a, a higher-scoring game in week one. So you guys should have a lot of fun at B of A for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. And I'll definitely be in that chat after that for the uh, post-game uh, live stream and stuff. So Yeah, it's going to be – hey, the post-game call-in show is going to be a blast, man. Definitely call in, tune in, what have you. It's going to be a good time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I won't take up much of your time. I need to get back to working for my boss. Excuse me on the phone. But thank you for <laughs> having me. Thank you for your time. And uh, go Gamecocks. Yeah, man. Go Cox. Appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for the call. Shout out, by the way, to Denver, Colorado, where he was calling in from. Love that. Travis Allen says, no Daily Crow on week zero. Isn't that prime time? Travis, listen, I understand. I know it's week zero, but we are going out to Montana to see family, and it is a that is the week that worked, and so I'm not going to not go so I can stay into the Daily Crow. And, hey, listen, better week zero, Travis, than week one, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys want to hear all of my takes on Vandy, Hawaii, and uh, whatever the other games are. But, uh, yeah, so. But, again, Travis, to your point, there will be podcast content that comes up because I want to talk gambling on some some Hawaii uh, Vanderbilt, talk some gambling. I want to talk, which we, we could actually just get ahead of that next week. We really could. So either way, there's going to be tons of content. And by the way, guys, I'll be getting back from Montana, back in South Carolina, back on the home front about 3 o'clock that Saturday. So 
We will be back in time. We will be. I haven't even told the BCC this. We will be watching Vandy Hawaii in the Big Cock Club Discord. Going to be a good time. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Uh, Hunter Kelly, do the Daily Crow on the plane with Hotspot. (laughs) Wish it were possible. Michael Edwards, Chris, are you going to be able to get some inside info on the scrimmages? Michael, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. Kins, are you a head or tails guy and kick or receive? Uh, tails never fails, and I, I, I want to take the ball. Yeah, I, I want to receive for sure. Nathan says, I'm still more concerned with the O-line than I am Spencer or the running backs. And I think that's fair. I mean, I, listen, Nathan, I I think that's fair. Because if there's a hole there, you you have athletes, right? So... I think that's fair. I mean, it is. I think that's fair. They're both a great concern, but I think that's fair for sure. Again, guys, 843-790-3377. James Martin says, I'm enjoying your content, man. Keep it up. James, thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. You the man. Ken's finished my season on NCAA Football 14. And Marshawn Lloyd won the Heisman at Southern Cal. Jeez. I don't see it happening, but God, that would be just that 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 would be that'd be brutal. Austin Gregory wants to be the co-host for betting. I hear you. Uh Cox by one. Thought that July 4th was your last break into the holidays. You know, Cox by one, I, I thought so too. I thought so too, but uh this came up. This came up. We're going out to see some family in Montana. And, I mean, my apologies, guys. My apologies. So. But, again, podcast content will be out. Graphics will be out. We're still going to be producing content at a high level. But, uh, yeah, we'll be in Montana the next in, in two weeks. Not next week, in two weeks. Austin Gregory, why doesn't Dalton call anymore? I think Dalton got a new job. I think that's what happened. I think Dalton ended up getting a new job. So, I could be wrong, but I think that's what happened. Cox by one, yes. So, I said in two weeks. That's the week that will be in Montana. Yes. Yes. Uh, It'll be, we're going the, what, the 20th to the 26th. We'll be there. Yeah. And heck, that Saturday, August the 19th, I'm going to a wedding. So, at least it's not a wedding during football season. (laughs) At least it's not. Dude, who recalls last year when I had my sister's wedding the night of the Kentucky game? I am so happy we're not dealing with that again. I love my sister to death, but I'm just happy we're not dealing with weddings during football season. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm very happy. That's not the case. Very happy that's not the case. No weddings during football. So the Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea 
and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Anyways, guys, like I mentioned, roll with the punches. I know y'all will. Podcast will continue to drop. Podcast will continue to drop all throughout that week. Week zero, we're in Montana. We're going to have a lot of week zero chatter as well, talking about Vandy, Hawaii, of course. Like I told you guys, I'm diving more into SEC content than I ever have before. So we're going to talk all these SEC games, not just Carolina. Of course, the focus is going to be on the Gamecocks, the Gamecock show still. But we're going to talk all these SEC games. I'm going to give picks, predictions, bets, all that good stuff. Uh, on a side note, guys, before we jump into this break, want to tease this to you. Really, really exciting. Of course, we have prize picks, all of our prop plays, all that good stuff. Very exciting call we have this afternoon on the gambling side of things. Stay tuned for that. Do you think you'll do a series where you do the Gamecock season on a Heisman level after you're done with the simulations? James, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I'll have to look at my schedule just just during game week, in season. You know, it's one of those things where I I don't want to overload myself. We're already doing so much. You know, the schedule's already so busy. And I look at it this way. I mean, is it really, is it fun to, I I think a road to glory would be much more fun. I, I do because if we play, even if we play on Heisman, there are ways to where I can just go undefeated. And, you know, I, is it that much fun to watch? I feel like it gets boring, really, truly. That being said, though, same time, those are a lot of fun. I, I know the NCAA content does one no matter what, so... I'll keep you guys updated. I'll let you know. I'm not exactly sure if the NCAA content will continue throughout the season, but I'll tell you this. The season simulation series has been a blast. I mean, it's been a blast, man. So, uh, And next weekend will be great, man. What a way to close it out. We've got Vanderbilt on Sunday. We've got uh, yeah, Vanderbilt on Sunday. We've got Kentucky on Monday, and then the game against Clemson on Tuesday. Going to be a ton of fun. Going to be a ton of fun. Uh, by the way, folks, speaking on Montana and me going out of town, I- I'll say this. Selfishly, I'm excited for it in the sense of I get to cut off a week of the offseason. Like, I-, I get to slice off a week because that – I mean, you guys know, as we get to the countdown, we get to single-digit days or we get to, you know, two weeks or less, and it's like, those last 10 days are brutal. I mean, they're absolutely brutal. So being able to cut out some of that time and, and get closer and closer to kickoff while being in a beautiful part of the country, I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Jacob Riley, any breakout freshman this year on the defensive side of the football? I, I mean, dude, Grayson Puff Howard for sure. Absolutely Grayson Puff Howard. Um, I think that's a guy that has freshman All-SEC written all over him. I mean, he would be my top guy. Desmond Umiazulu on the edge. That's another big one. 
Jalon Kilgore in the secondary, uh, just to name a few, just to name a few. So, you know, Shane Beamer mentioned, listen, he mentioned that uh, true freshmen are going to play at every single position. Ken says, will Garcia be on the show all football season like last year? Ken's, I don't think we're doing that again. I, I Actually, I know for a fact we're not. Uh, we've got Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, on that Monday show, and, and we're going to stick with we're going to stick with the lineup we have, which actually means for the first time since 2018, there will be no Alex McGrath on the airwaves because we've already we've we've got a lineup, man, and, and I and I know that Alex understands because you know as the show grows and evolves and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and. You know, the, the space becomes more valuable. Um, you know, getting people that are, that are, you know, that do it full-time for a living, that, you know, are with different entities, stuff like that. That's what's most beneficial for the business and the show, by the way, as a whole. So, Anyways, um, there we will have no Steven Garcia. Our weekly lineup will look like this. On Mondays, Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. Tuesdays, J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur. Wednesdays, Chris Marler, Saturday Down South and Saturday Football Uncensored Podcast. Thursdays, Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. And Fridays, Jake Crane of Crane & Company. So, C. Youngblood says, R.I.P. the Roach Rant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I hate it. I hate it, but it it was great for last season, but, uh, you know, just, just you know, felt like we could change things up a little bit and add some different flavor, and uh, that's what we're doing this season. So, I mean, obviously, again, I, I love that uh, I love that Garcia came on last year. Garcia is a good friend of mine, which is a really, really cool thing to say. And, um, you know, I know he's busy as well, right, as a, as a just had a new child or had a child, right, had a his latest child. So, you know, he's also very, very busy on his end as well. Michael Lynn, I hear Fugar could beat out Wanamaker at tackle. Yeah, Michael Lynn, I, I expect Fugar to start at tackle. Absolutely. Luke RJ, I'm having nightmares of bad offenses like Marcus Satterfield with his new two tight ends offense we are hearing, especially like having to punt every time we have any penalties on offense. Luke RJ, first things first, great to hear from you, my friend. Uh, always a pleasure. And, I, I, you know, the thing I like about Luke RJ, his questions – are always very, in his statements even, always very, they make you think. They make you think. They challenge your way of thinking a lot. And so I would say this, Luke RJ, that that's why it's important to keep very realistic expectations. And even in a season where there's no grace period, you have to understand, right, that there's going to be bumps in the road. I mean, it's, it's just inevitable, man. It's inevitable. South Carolina is not just going to do what they did against Tennessee every single game. It's it's not going to happen. There's going to be bumps in the road, right? Because, guys, we've talked about it before with Dabble Loggins. I mean, they're not reinventing the wheel offensively. They're going to do a lot of things they did last year. That doesn't mean the results are going to be the same. But I'm simply saying that it may at times look very similar. And people are going to have to just be okay with that. Now, obviously, hopefully, there's much less of the bad and much more of the good, but it is going to look similar. 
and that's why I've said many times, guys, my prediction for Dabble Loggins, this offense, I think we're going to get to the final final weeks of the season. Season's going to conclude. And I think people, you know, some people are going to blame the OC. Some folks are just going to lay it all on Dabble Loggins. He stinks. He's a bum, whatever. But I think folks are going to look and say, you know what? Dabble Loggins was an upgrade, but we got to upgrade the offensive line. We got to upgrade the talent. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Peyton. Peyton, what's going on, man? How are you? Good. How about yourself, Chris? What's going on, Pat? I, I am doing fantastic, my friend. I appreciate you asking. So, uh, calling in today just to, just to speculate a little bit and uh, talk a little bit about next year's recruiting class, um, specifically uh, the running back position. Um, so I know we have uh, we have Fuller committed as of right now. Um, he was I think he was three star at the time that he earned a fourth star. Is that right? Yes, he did. Yes, Matthew Fuller did earn a fourth star. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you know of any any other ones that that we're targeting currently? Um, maybe we're maybe we're on the hot on their trail. Maybe have you heard anything about any other running backs potentially coming in next season? Yeah, Peyton, the big one's Daniel Hill. He will announce his commitment on August yeah. the 23rd. That, that That's the big one. I mean, that that's the one you need to get. South Carolina has been a factor with him for quite some time, and I think you'll have to probably beat out Alabama to get him. But, you know, that that's that's one of your big-time top prospects, top priority guys. Um, and, again, he will announce August the 23rd. When we talk to J.C. tomorrow, you know, and as we get closer to his commitment date, we'll get a lot more intel and just kind of, where he's leaning and, and how he's feeling and all that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the one right there, man, that I think you need to land. And he's a uh, he's a five-star right now, right, or four-star? Daniel Hill is a four-star, I believe. Yeah, gotcha, pretty sure he's gotcha. a four-star, yeah. But, see, man, that's, that's always what's so interesting about um, the, the next year's recruiting classes. All of these guys, they still have their senior year of high school football left to play. Mm-hmm. So – even I mean, even guys like Matthew Fuller that already earned their fourth start, there's no telling he could potentially have a breakout year and maybe even earn a fifth star. Who knows? But I just think um, where we're sitting right now, I definitely think that is a that is a big place of concern. Um, I mean, we're already tackling the offensive line position pretty pretty well mm-hmm. with um, with Josiah Thomas and Cam Pringle. Um, that that those those two those two guys are some studs man like book in yeah and there's a and and Peyton there's a there's a reason there's so much pressure on Montario Hardesty I mean you're talking about recruiting the running back position and you know I mean it's it's the fact that South Carolina is in this position right now I know Marshawn Lloyd left and nobody planned for that but the fact that you know the carry on joiners having to be asked to slide over and and take the bulk of you know the responsibility of the room and you know, not having anyone else. I mean, it's just the numbers are not good at the running back position. And that's not just me saying that. You've heard JC say that. You've heard others say that. The numbers are not good at the running back position. So they need to land Daniel Hill desperately just to show that, you know, it's it's not a – that they're moving in the right direction when it comes to flipping that room, if you will. Yeah, um, hopefully – Hopefully we can start um, start inching towards inching towards Daniel. I didn't I didn't even think about him when I when I came up with my mm-hmm. question, 
but um hopefully we can we can start inching towards that maybe maybe land another big fish before this recruiting class is over with um but like you said i mean i i think i think that we're we're headed toward the right direction in a lot of places i just hadn't heard enough um i wouldn't say not enough necessarily but i hadn't heard a lot of of running back rumblings from uh from gamecocks recruiting so i was just calling in to ask about that and Mm -hmm. um just to speculate on 2024's class as a whole, mm. I think it's uh, I think it's coming together very very nicely. I mean, obviously you got Dylan Stewart a couple weeks ago. That, that was, that's the cherry on top, but it's not even necessarily the cherry on top yet because there's still a lot of there's still a long ways to go, and we could we could potentially land another big fish or uh, another big fish or just some some different different key places that we could we could take advantage of in this recruiting trail. But mm. you know, you never really know. Who's who's gonna go where? But so it's always unpredictable. But like you said, I think we're headed in the right direction. And I think the twenty twenty four class, Peyton, as well. I think they're primed. If they land Daniel Hill and a couple of the other guys they want, you know, I, I think finishing with a top fifteen class is possible. And I mean, dude, maybe there were some hopes that Carolina would, you know, would 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 have a historic class in regards to like the best in school history. But dude, if you're finishing top right. fifteen in recruiting. That's a huge win if you're Shane Beamer and company. So, and I think they very well could do that. Absolutely, man. And it's just when when you compare where we are right now to where we were four seasons ago, it is totally, totally night and day as far as our expectations, who we expect to land, and just and the national attention as as a whole. Because I mean. There, there weren't really that many players that were all that excited about going to South Carolina under Will Muschamp. And I, know, I, I really don't blame them. But, you know, I, I actually um, – Zach Pickens was uh, – he was class of 2019, same as I was in high school. And I played against him in high school, and he was a he – was, he was worth every, – every recruiting statement that you heard about him was true. That guy was a stud, stud, stud coming out of T.L. Hannah. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's now that we're building these guys, we're getting we're getting two Zach Pickens, we're getting three Zach Pickens, we're getting we're getting multitude of of really really solid recruits, and I think um I think it's I think it's going to paint success. I, I, I really do. But um, mm-hmm. it's it's really all going to come down to how how all the young guys that we're going to be bringing in next season, how good they can be, how how good they can be put together on the fly and how good they can mesh over the summer and how good they can work together and build a relationship as a team. Because, I mean, even this season, we're relying on a lot of freshmen. We're relying on a lot of sophomores. And it's, I don't necessarily believe it's going to be all that different next year because this with this recruiting class, I, I expect a lot of these four- and five-star guys that we're landing to play mm-hmm. as freshmen. So – I think it's it's going to be interesting, but it's definitely going to be fun to watch. And it's, yeah. it's we're in the right direction, especially compared to like I said four seasons ago, where where we were, or three seasons ago when we went two and eight. Those are those are some dark days, but we are we are in a much much better place than than just three seasons ago. So big facts, Peyton. Mm-hmm. Well anyway. said, my friend. Hey, well said. I appreciate you calling in as always, my man. Yeah, man. Uh, go cock. Thank you, Spurs Up Show. Appreciate it, Chris. Peyton, appreciate you, man. Take care. We'll talk soon. Great stuff from Peyton, as always. And, again, I think he hits on a lot of good points. And, you know, certainly I expect South Carolina to be, you know, as they 
as they get this talent in that they're recruiting, right? I mean, I, I expect them to play a lot of freshmen this year. I think they'll play a lot of freshmen next year. I mean, you think about next year, your starting quarterback is most likely going to be a redshirt freshman. I mean, I, I think Carolina's going to be a young team over the next couple of years. And I, and I think that's simply because as you upgrade the talent, I think some of your top talent is going to be your younger guys. I just bottom line, it is what it is. So um, that's not a bad thing. You know, that's that's not a bad thing or anything, but, you know, I, I think that's the reality of where you are. Madison Duncan says, is not having a great running back a product of there aren't that many and too many schools to choose from? You know, maybe so, Madison. I mean, that, that could certainly factor in. You know, I, I was thinking, I mean, I couldn't help it. We've asked the question, and there, there's probably no point in entertaining this, but I'm like, I, I just still, I still think back and say to myself, what happened with Marshawn Lloyd? Like, like, why did he leave? You know what I mean? Like, I know people just say he's chasing the bag NIL, but, like, was he not getting good NIL at South Carolina? I, there had to be more to it. I, th- there really did. Like, I, I just – I mean, I, I don't – I'm not convinced it was just all NIL. And he had a starting job guaranteed at South Carolina. So – I mean, I know Southern Cal is a better team than South Carolina this year. I, I get that. I, maybe he wants to play for a team that is going to compete for the college football playoff. Maybe. I mean, it just – it still just kind of blows my mind that that happened. Like, that, it just – you know, Jaheim Bell made sense, right? But, I mean, Marshawn Lloyd and, and people talking about – people talk about that, you know, oh, no big deal. He wasn't that good. He was a bust. I mean, dude – Yes, he dealt with injuries, but guys, Marshawn Lloyd, had he stayed healthy, probably was going to be a – he was challenging a 1,000 yards, which is crazy when you think about – guys, look at how many touchdowns he scored last year also. He led South Carolina in touchdowns. So, I, you know, it's a lot to replace, man. It's a lot to replace. A lot of, a lot of production you got to replace there. Brennan M says, chill on my OC for real. When did I even – all I said was keep realistic expectations for the offense, Brennan. Is that is that is that too much for the OC? Is that, you know. Austin said, what's most puzzling about Marshawn Lloyd leaving is that he was just recruiting – he was recruiting players on Twitter 24 hours before entering the portal. Jacob E says, I'd let Kai Kroger throw it down the field before Luke Doty. Mm. Austin Gregory, I swear this is absolutely true, and I'm not just saying it, but I had a dream two nights ago that Hill chose Bama, and I was with Beamer and told him hardest he had to go, and he agreed. Weird but true. <laughs> Wild. I love that. Hunter Johnson says, Doty taking some snaps at wide receiver. We knew it was coming eventually. I guess. I mean, I you know, I I, I still think Luke Doty's probably QB two. It, it's interesting though. It, it's interesting for sure. Um, you know, I, I I don't know what to think of it, man. Because realistically, is Luke Doty gonna 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 step in and, and be a, a you know in our top three or four wide receiver rotation? No, no. 
I mean, who's he going to beat out? You th- he's not going to beat out Juice Wells, Xavier Leggett, Amarian Brown. Is he going to beat out Nick Harbor? I certainly hope not. How about Omega Blake? I certainly hope not. Uh, let's see. Hunter Johnson. I think you're speaking on Marshawn Lloyd. Fumble too much and didn't cut up the field enough. Not a big deal. You know, I Hunter, I, I hear you, man. Hindsight's 2020, but you 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 know, maybe maybe you don't agree. I would have taken Marshawn Lloyd back in a heartbeat. I would have been giddy that he came back. But Chase Floyd probably left because our O-line was and looked at what we have this year. Probably didn't think the line was going to get him to the league. You think so? Hmm. Michael Lynn, I like Dak better than Lloyd. Well, I mean, you can like him more all you want. Is he a better running back? That's the question. That's the question. It is, you know, I respect it. I understand. As soon as a guy is not your guy anymore, it's like all loyalty and thoughts. But people loved Marshawn Lloyd, man. People sang his... Guys, like it was a year ago to the date we were watching the Welcome Home, the the Hard Knock style documentary thing. And I remember, you know, they were documenting and detailing Marshawn Lloyd's recovery and, you know, him coming back from that injury and being 110%. People were so fired up for Marshawn Lloyd last year. Loved him. Loved him. And now that he's not on South Carolina's roster anymore, it's like, well, he sucks. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I just... Anyways, 843-790-3377. I am also excited to see what the carry-on joiner does. Hunter Johnson, to be fair, I was asking to see a change at running back last year after the Arkansas game. Hunter, my question will be, why? Oh, 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 I recall. The fumble in the Arkansas game. That's what you're referring to. Okay. Were there a lot of people calling for a change at running back? Kins, if you were a teammate of Lloyd and he transferred like that, would you keep in touch? I couldn't. Kins, you'd be surprised, I think. I think these guys, they don't, you know. I see a lot of guys still interacting with Jaheim Bell on Instagram and stuff. Like, they they don't they don't care. I mean, they, they whatever, man. They, they, they don't really. Most of them, I don't think, care, to be honest with you. Jeff Gulledge. I still don't understand why so many people are against Doty. He isn't that bad of a quarterback. Honestly, if we didn't have Rattler, he would be QB1. Jeff, you're going to open up a can of worms with that comment. Morgan Brown, do you think Braswell challenges for significant playing time? And if so, how soon? I think immediately. Morgan, I, I, I think Morgan, I think DJ Braswell immediately is going to challenge for reps. Maybe not to be the starter, but I, I very much believe the running back room is going to be running back by committee. I think it's very much so going to be running back by committee. No doubt. No doubt. Yep. I think you're going to see a guy like the Kebrion Joyner get 
14 or 15, maybe less, 11 or 12 carries. Juju's going to get some carries. Mario Anderson's going to get some carries. DJ Braswell is going to get some carries because I, I, I just, you know, we all like to carry on Joyner, and, and I'm glad he's getting the first opportunity, but there, there are no knowns in that running back room. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. There are no knowns in that running back room. Bruin Nation says. Someone said Lloyd was recruiting the night before, but found out next day he wasn't getting some big NIL he had conversation about. Got pissed, hit the portal. Regretted it, but Caleb Williams convinced him to come out west. I, I will tell you this, though, Bruin Nation and everybody else on, that, on the NIL subject. Watching the Johnny Manziel documentary last night, I know NIL serves as somewhat of a headache for college football fans. But take yourself out of the fan shoes and put yourself in the player shoes. And, like, you watch that Johnny Manziel documentary, and it is mind-boggling to think the amount of money that Johnny Manziel was generating for Texas A&M, and he wasn't seeing a penny of it. He wasn't getting a dime for what he was doing for Texas A&M. So I know that we love to, to groan and gripe, and college football fans of every school love to complain about NIL, and it's not perfect. There need to be rules, regulations, systems in place. But I don't think college athletes getting screwed over was the better solution. And it's wild to watch that Johnny Manziel documentary and just see, I mean, he got screwed. I mean, he got royally screwed by the NCAA and, and by Texas A&M. And, you know, I, I'm glad athletes are not in that position. I'm happy they're able to compensate something they've worked so hard for, which is their name, their image, and their likeness. If you got to experience a South Carolina football fan appreciation day. Because they are a thing of the past. They, they, they no longer even exist. Fan days don't even exist anymore. Think about that. It's crazy when you think about it. Really, truly. It's crazy. But they don't exist. I mean, I, I re- dude, I remember going to, I literally remember back in 2000, what was it, 2013, I think. Yeah, I think it was 2013. I remember back then going and watching South Carolina practice. Like fall practice was open. You know, fall camp was literally open to fans. And there is none of that anymore. It's a shame. It's it's honestly a shame. Austin Gregory, he says, what was fan day? Let me tell you about a time. No, Austin, all it was, I mean, it was cool, though. All it was, you you went into, like, the indoor facility or some teams do it at the stadium or they had it at the Colonial Life Arena for a while. 
you go in there, there's tables set up, Austin, and you pick up a poster and you walk around and all the players and coaches and everybody signs the poster. It was a meet and greet, basically. And so, like, offense would be sitting in a section, defense, special teams, coaches, whatever. And it was a free, open to the public, meet and greet. They sign posters, maybe sign other things, whatever. Yeah, just a free meet and greet for the football team. I went to the one in 2019. I went to the last one in 19. And, uh, you know, it was a cool thing, cool experience. And, you know, now, now with an IL... Nobody's signing anything for free. That's for sure. Let's jump back to the phone lines here. Justin. Justin, what's up, man? How are you? How you doing, Chris? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Hey, Chris, they were talking about the playoffs today. Um, Hey, Chris, they're talking about they might go to 60 teams. What are your thoughts on that? They might go to 16 teams? Mm Mm-hmm. My thoughts are we should see how 12 works out before – before we go to 16. That's what I'll say. Let's see how 12 works out. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I agree, Chris. If they're about to try to play out, I think it's a good number to go to. Hey, Chris, if, if that was a playoff 2012, where would Saka be at today? That's a good question, man. That's a good question. Um, I mean, would it have changed the direction of the program all that much? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I – Steve Spurrier still wasn't recruiting all that much. I, I don't really know that, uh, you know, I, I don't really know that it would it would have changed much of anything, but, hey, it would have put you in a position to go to your first playoff. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll never know. Yeah, because it was 11-2 soccer back in the day, right, Chris? So, you know, the first number four in 2013. So, that could have been a playoff team, right, Chris? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean South Carolina would have would have at least appeared in one playoff in that three year stretch. Oh yeah. And Chris, who would have put me back there? Ogil, Florida State? Yeah, you would have gotten Florida State one year, Oregon one year. Uh trying to think who else. Yeah. So I those are the ones off the top of my head. But yeah, it, it's uh it would have been fun to watch, but you know. Unfortunately, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's too good. Imagine that you can buy your payback at four state right? Yeah, I, I, I would have loved to have seen it. Yeah, Jameis Winston against Connor Shaw. That would have been fun. Oh yeah, I would love to see if we get Jim Jim Fisher back back then, huh, Chris? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was Jimbo back then. So yeah, because a lot of has changed, huh? A lot has changed, yes. That was 10 years ago, man. So, lots have changed. And, you know, I, I, I am excited as a Gamecock fan. Again, I know we've got some that are opposed to expansion in college football, the playoff, what have you. But, you know, as a fan of South Carolina, I, I don't know how you can how you can not love the expansion. I mean, your team now has a shot, which is the entire point of the college football playoff is to feel like you give – more teams a shot to win. And I, and I just, again, I just continuously go back to, it's so easy, I think, to sit here and say that, well, all of a sudden, you know, that game's not going to matter. This game's not going to matter. Like, they all matter, man. In, in the moment, they all matter. Like, 
I, I just – I think it's a fun thing to toss around and say, well, the games don't matter. This game doesn't matter. Like, bro, let's look at last year. Even if Tennessee – let's say it's a 12-team playoff, Tennessee still gets in the playoff. Does that make that win any less sweeter for South Carolina? Does it make the loss any less worse for Tennessee? I mean, that win is still incredible for South Carolina. Like, I, I just – you know, let's say Clemson still got in the playoff. You're going to tell me that game doesn't matter anymore? Like, I just don't buy it. I, I don't buy the whole, well, the games aren't going to matter anymore. I don't buy it, man. I don't buy it for a second. Yeah. Yeah, I agree there, Chris. I don't buy it. Neither. And think about Clemson. Let's say they got to the playoffs just because you, you had two losses. Why? Because when they ACC said, who they going to face, Chris? I, I don't know who they would have faced, honestly. But it's – uh. I think it'll make it more fun. I think more teams will be involved. I think there'll be more intriguing matchups. And, you know, we'll probably get down to the same final four, final two, whatever. But at least it'll be some added entertainment on the path to doing so. Oh, yeah. I agree, Chris. And, Chris, like you said, man, you hold the soccer. I think you did. Well, I hope we have a whole fair advantage. You know, that's what you want to do, right, Chris? Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. You'll love to see playoffs on campus, right, Chris? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'd love to see South count in the playoffs. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. They got a chance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Chris, all I said, man, go get cut. Justin, I, to you. yeah, it's, it's here, man. I appreciate you, Justin. Thank you so much for the call. Oh, you, man. Yeah, man. Care. Take go care. Go Cox. Great stuff, as always, from our friend Justin. And uh, again, man, I, I, I get what people are saying that, well, you know, the. The regular season doesn't mean everything anymore. Like, maybe it's kind of not a bad thing that one loss doesn't destroy your season. I, I mean, guys, I, I could tell you this, like, the playoff last year, and I know Hendon Hooker got hurt, so maybe this doesn't apply, but, like, I would have much rather seen Tennessee in the playoff than TCU. I would have much rather seen it. I would have much rather seen... Tennessee get another shot at Georgia than what TCU did. I, I, absolutely. I would have much rather seen, I mean, I hate Clemson, but I'd have much rather seen Clemson from the entertainment perspective get a shot than TCU. I mean, I, I just, you can still be an elite team and lose one game. It, it happens. Maybe even two. So, anyways, I, that's that's where I fall. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the playoff, what college football looks like with a 12-team playoff. I, I think it'll be really cool. And, again, it, all of a sudden, South Carolina, you got a chance. You're going to start to see teams like Carolina, Ole Miss, uh, you know, Kentucky, maybe like a Missouri, God forbid. I mean, a Tennessee, uh, an Auburn. You're going to start to see these teams, Texas A&M. You're going to start to see some new blood in a college ball playoff. And I think that'll be really good for the sport. Really good for the sport. Guys, we're about to hit 3 o'clock. and appreciate you all tuning in. I want to say thank you to Chris Marler and Connor O'Gara for taking the time to chat. On today's show, be sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit that bell icon so you get notifications of when we go live and when we drop new video content. Also, hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there, of course, under 
the Spurs Up Show. And check out the store, tsus.store and or the spursupshow.com for the best Gamecocks merchandise on the internet. Guys, stay tuned for all the content. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.